Here's the thing about new Cherry Vanilla Coke. Though Cherry's named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been Vanilla Cherry Coke, or it could have been Coke Cherry Vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke Vanilla Cherry Coke or Cherry Vanilla Coke Coke. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke Zero Sugar, same great taste, zero sugar. Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. All right, everybody, we head into the final hour this afternoon. Thank you so much for uh, listening. We appreciate it. Jimmy B and TC, you can always get on the show at 264-1700. This will be interesting. Uh, Derek Young, you've heard him on here before from Scout. He uh, covers the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, He's our guest on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Derek, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How are you guys? Uh, We're doing fine. Um, I'm sure that the verdict in the Meyer case played out differently here than it did on the eastern side of the state. Is it fair to say that probably 80 to 85% of the population on the east side of the state are Hawk fans, and then it's kind of a combination of what is left over, where in Des Moines it's probably split like 50-50. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. It might be even stronger than 80 to 85% on this side of the state for sure. Okay. Then it, it at least people in this area were reasonable about it, were people reasonable about it on the eastern side, or did they just feel the Hawks got screwed? I, I think most uh, objective people are probably reasonable, but he, on this side, you get so much diehard Iowa flowing, you know, in the general public and even within media circles as well, where I think that many imagined that Iowa would win. So I don't know. There's probably a contingent that felt they got screwed. I think the large, larger contingent probably were surprised that Iowa lost. I think many went into the case feeling that Iowa would, would win pretty handily, the, uh, the case itself. Well, that's kind of the line of thinking that I certainly had. It, it wasn't anything like that. It was just it, we looked through the lens of sports, and, and mm-hmm. you hear these things, and you hear about – you know, the mess up with the baseball field and the outfield fence and, and all these things. And we feel like they're pretty big, but I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a sports dude on the radio. You know? Exactly. So we're, do you think that maybe us in the sports media realm were, were just a little bit off in our thoughts and our convictions about what actually mattered really going into this? And, and were you taken aback? Were you surprised when the verdict was handed down? I think sometimes maybe we tried to or feel like we know something's going to happen when sports pours over into, you know, other areas, and in this case into, uh, you know, the, the law. And we don't have, um, me personally, and I'm sure other people, we don't have that kind of background, at least I don't. And for that reason, I tried to, you know, kind of get away from thinking, giving my personal takes or personal opinions of where I thought that, that this was going, because I thought that was probably pretty complicated, and I just, I guess I took people's um, word, and I just thought that I would win this pretty handily. I didn't really dive into it a ton. I, I knew what was going on, but I just don't have that, you know, lawyer or law kind of background to where I thought or knew or felt, you know, that it would go one way or the other. I was surprised 
more or less because of what I've been told by other people. But at the same time, now you kind of you know develop your reactions upon it, and, you know, and what maybe what it, the outcome is going to be from this decision. And one's got to worry, or at least be concerned, or you know, skeptical about what happens to Gary Barta at this point. We're having a conversation with Derek Young, scout. He covers the uh, Hawks uh, in the eastern side of the state on the Draft House 50 hotline. All right, $1.43 million. Most people seem to believe that the next one, the grease bomb suit, has a much better chance of winning than the Myers suit. In your estimation, and if you have some sources... Have you been able to, I guess, find out or have an inkling? Will they still go to court? Or do you think they'll try to settle, cut bait, and end this thing as quickly and as quietly as possible? I think if you ask people before the Meyer case that they probably thought that this one would go to court too, mainly because they felt like Iowa would win and they'd want to keep fighting and, you know, and feel like they would win again, and that happens. But at this point, if you're Iowa, you really want to get another black eye like that. I think just from Iowa's perspective and how this is kind of starting to generate a little bit more publicity as time goes on, I think they're probably of you know in the interest of trying to settle this out of court at this point. And so I would expect it to go that way because I think that the Meyer ruling would probably lend credence to the fact that Iowa would probably – be at a disadvantage or at least expected to lose the next one as well. So I would think that they'd want to settle out, just in my opinion, see it from the outside in. I don't think I would want that another public black eye, like two in a row. I don't, I don't think that you know that's something you want. That's more scrutiny than you need. Well, and the other part was it wasn't just that they lost in the court of law, but they lost all five yeah. of the uh, suits that were brought up by Jane Meyer, and that's uh, another black eye, another negative against Gary Barta. Now, that leads to the next question, Derek, and I'm sure that's been talked about a lot over at HawkeyeInsider.com. Gary Barta, is he long for the job as athletic director now with this against him? And and have you heard, is it an appeal imminent? Doesn't seem like there's been much conversation about that to this point. I th- I've figured and expected that one would be imminent, but it just hasn't seemed to generate a lot of discussion or, or a lot of movement yet, so you you wonder what the uh, what they're going to decide to do with that. Um, I guess I, I would have expected more movement and more chatter about it if mm-hmm. it was going to happen at this point. On the Gary Barta side, I don't I don't like to be that guy in the media that calls for people's heads. What, but what, what I will say is that if you're Iowa, you're in a tough position when it comes to Gary Barta because they've been so loyal to the coaches, to the athletic director, just everyone that really holds the title. And it, usually, it takes something grand for them to make a coaching decision or even a change in athletic director. But it is hard if you or I want to be in a position where you hold on to someone that basically at this point has been, has been said to have violated the law. And, and I, I mean, that's, a, a, hey, Derek, that's essentially that's, what happened. I, th- I think, yes, I think you just made a very good point there. He, he violated the law. Mm-hmm. And, and I think people don't understand that that's really what took place here. Yeah, and that's what the whole court proceeding was, and Iowa lost. So what the judge and what the jury basically deemed was that Gary Barta represented the University of Iowa and 
you know, you know, passing on the baton there, the University of Iowa violated the law, and I don't think that the university is going to take too kindly to be convicted of that, and it's, you know, at the end of the day, that falls on Gary Bart. Okay, there's lots of reporting that the University of Iowa is indeed going to hire an independent firm to uh, take uh, notes and reassess what the athletic department is all about. Is that still a strong rumor, or has it become fact? Uh, I have not heard anything to confirm that one way or another, but I will say that that seems like something that needs to happen. Um, kind of comb over your department, and seems like the natural reaction to something like this because not not technically not to clean house, but you want to do everything in your way possible, not to seem negligent and to prevent from anything like this happening again. Because your university, your athletic department, your athletic director just got convicted of violating the law. Derek Young joining us. HawkeyeInsider.com. It's uh, certainly a trying time over there in Iowa City and kind of the future of things. It's going to make uh, at least the summer months uh, a little bit different uh, going forward here. We're usually just counting down the days to football season and, and taking a look at some of the recruiting going on. going to be a little bit different, especially if this second suit actually does come to trial. Yeah, it, uh, it's really taking, uh, I guess, for and, you know, when you look at the timing of things at this point, it's almost because Iowa did lose that suit, it's kind of a bad timing for them because there's just not a whole lot going on right now. Right. So all the spotlight is on that case. So all the publicity that you would get from a football season or a basketball season, you know, having it happen at this point of the, the calendar, and because they lost, it just was, you know, kind of a just a perfect bad storm for Iowa. Uh, there's no there's no question of, about that. And if they were smart, they would cut bait, make it as quiet as possible, and try to move away from it as quickly as they possibly can. Yeah, and I guess I don't know a whole lot of ways where they can do that. Obviously, settling out of court with the next suit would be one solution. But I just think that they're going to have to show some decisive manner and how that they are responding to it and that they're not going to let something like this happen again. Mm-hmm. And if, if I don't, if that's, you know, removing Gary Barda, I don't, I'm not calling for that to happen. I said, that's, that's something I feel comfortable doing, but they're going to have to make some decisions to show that they are learning from the mistake and that are, they're responding in a positive way to where they're going to prevent any, from anything like this from happening again. All right, Derek, uh, from there, we try to make the transition over and, well, normally during these summer months, what we're talking about is football recruiting. Uh, first, give us kind of an overview of the, the commitments that they've had to this point. You know, kind of a standard early Iowa football recruiting class, but it sounds like maybe the numbers are going to be down a little bit. Seemingly every year it ends up being around 20, but could you see the scholarship numbers be a little bit lighter this year as they're looking to make the 2018 class? It's definitely going to be a smaller class than what we saw in 2017 or 2016. This is the 2018 recruiting cycle. I expect less than 20. Um, I think 18 is kind of the number that I'm kind of operating, the assumption I'm operating under. I think that's a comfortable fit right now. There are a couple of scholarships over the limit right now. Now, they have plenty of time to get to 85 by the beginning of fall camp. That's when they got to be there. And then they have, I think they're only graduating 13 or 14 seniors. So this is the reason why the numbers will be a bit lower this time around. 
They have offensive linemen Jeff Jenkins of Illinois committed. Um, the defensive tackle from Solon, Tyler Linderbaum, a running back in Henry Geal from Wisconsin, the Green Bay area. Um, it's a really good class, and actually the running back is, I think, is the best player in this class right now, or at least my favorite prospect that they've gotten, Geal from Wisconsin. I think he's, they signed four running backs the last two years in the 16 and 17 classes. I think Geal's better than all four of them as a, as a prospect at the you know, similar stages of their careers. Derek Young is our guest on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Okay, get into where you think, because the wide receiver is the big unknown, where do you think this is going to go once training camp begins? Uh, recruiting or just kind of the current roster? The, no, the guy, the current roster and then the the kids coming in. Well, I think the kids coming in, I think um, I expected two to kind of play right away, and one of them being Brandon Smith. And the other, Max Cooper, um, I think there's a chance that all four are going to play right away because it's such a slim pickings right now at the wide receiver position. Um, you hope Matt Vandenberg's going to be back 100%. The assumption is that it will, but that's two-foot injuries. We don't, the German Eke Smith is kind of playing out back and forth. You don't know what his status is going to be like in the fall. And if any of us try to predict it, you know, that's a fool there. And I think at this point there's so much uncertainty involved. Um, then there's Devontae Young and Adrian Falconer. That's your four scholarship receivers. That's it. All of the four. But you get four guys coming in with Marset, Marquise, Brandon Smith, and Max Cooper. I think all four could play right away as soon as fall. I, I just, with Vandenberg's help, you hope he's back 100%. I think they're operating under the assumption well. We don't know if Germanique's going to be there. The other two scholarship receivers really haven't proven themselves. I think it's just a wide open race. It's the four freshmen are better, they're going to play. Yeah, and uh, some new eyes on things with Brian Ferentz taking over. It, you didn't see a whole lot at the uh, at the spring game at Kinnick Stadium. Didn't see a whole lot over here at Valley when they practice over here, Derek. You now, looking at things, we know it's going to look different. At least the passing game is going to look different. How much different do you think it's going to look? I mean, is it going to be a return to what we saw under Ken O'Keefe? Is it going to be that mixed up with some things we saw under Greg Davis? Or could the passing game look a lot different than anything we've seen in the 19 years of Kirk Ferentz? I don't think it's going to look a lot different than any of the years under Kirk Ferentz, but I think they want to get it to a point where it was maybe two years with CJ when they went to the Rose Bowl, or maybe when they had Ricky Stanzi. I think that is at least something that they are shooting for. I just don't think it will happen this year because I don't think they got the personnel to do it. You got, you're going to have an inexperienced quarterback, and you have a depleted wide receiver core. So the, the, the mission and the goal under Brian Ferris's new offense will be to maybe be an offense that is similar to the one where they had Ricky Stancy at quarterback. I think that it's, you're probably going to have to wait until the following season to really see that come through. I just think this season they're going to rely on that running game a lot because that is where they're, they're the most talented, they're the most skilled, and that will give them the best, you know, the best opportunity to win. Throwing the ball this year is probably not going to give them the best opportunity to win. So, in other words, they're going to be boring. It's going to look very similar to last year, I would think, at least at this point, just because of the personnel that they have. Mm-hmm. Hey, Derek, uh, I know you're on vacation right now, and thanks for joining us down in Florida. Uh, did you see the commitment news over on the basketball side from a guy that has some ties to the state of Iowa, Tiger Campbell, a kid that actually, I uh, believe, lived here in Des Moines for quite a while, now an Indianapolis kid. 
five-star player is going to reclassify for next year's class 2018 and committed to DePaul. That one was yeah, a head-scratcher last night. Uh, DePaul recently hired as an assistant coach one of the uh, more popular head coaches of one of the more notorious high school basketball programs in La Lumiere. Ah. I think Tiger Campbell played there for a little bit. Uh-huh. The head coach there is now at DePaul, and I think that relationship kind of got Tiger Campbell to DePaul, and they are also working, DePaul is, on another five-star. That's a really big, notorious high school program, notorious for producing four- and five-star basketball prospects. DePaul has that connection now, so DePaul is actually going to that's the school to watch out for. They're probably going to make some NCAA tournament appearances the next few years. That's going to be a school on the rise just because of their recruiting profile right now. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Iowa had a little bit of hope, but uh, with him reclassifying, that changes things up as Iowa uh, wouldn't have a, a scholarship available for him. So uh, the 2018 class, you, you never know that seedy underbelly of recruiting. And Here's an offbeat question for you, Derek. You do so much great work on the recruiting over at Hawkeye Insider, part of Scout. You know, when you're talking to kids, is there a time or two where your radar goes up a little bit and you kind of wonder what exactly is going on behind the scenes? Yeah, it happens because uh, you'll, you'll run into situations. I know I've covered recruiting for, you know, a handful of years now. It seems like it's been a while, actually. And sometimes a school pops up, and you're like, wait, you didn't even know that school was relevant or in the picture. Things can change on a whim so fast in recruiting that, I mean, at this point, nothing really surprises me, but something will just make you wonder, like, really? It'll surprise you. But when you recover recruiting, when you cover recruiting, you learn to not be surprised by anything. Boy, I agree with you there. You're you're not you're not kidding. Is it for you? Is it? Well, we dislike you anyway since you're on vacation in Florida. <laughs> so where are you? Are you on the beach and you're talking to us? I'm not on the beach right now. I probably will be later. <laughs> <laughs> now we dislike you even more. <laughs> Great stuff. All right, man. Thank you, and and thanks for taking time. Really on your. Uh, on your vacation with us, Derek. It's always good to catch up with you. Have a great time. You too, guys. Thanks. See ya. Derek Young from Scout. Good stuff. All right, we're back here, Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700, taking you up until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Jimmy B. Yes, sir. It's a Tuesday. Yes. What's on the agenda for Mr. Brinson tonight? Well, look, I'm still excited after what happened in that hockey game. Uh, between Washington and Pittsburgh. By the way, that game drew, I believe, the second largest ever viewing audience for a non-Stanley Cup final game, playoff game. Mm. So that's that was big time last night. Um, I am going to go NBA this evening. Uh, that series is tied, Houston and San Antonio. So I do want to watch that. My guess is, <laughs> best thing that ever happened to the Cubs was the hail. And not having to play. So we will wait and see if they get a chance to resume. Today. Yeah, yeah. Keeping an eye on afternoon baseball with them. Doubleheader scheduled yeah. for today. Uh, the weather really throughout this week in Denver is... It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're keeping an eye on that one. Houston-San Antonio. Game 5 back to San yes. Antonio tonight. Yes. So let's start right there. As you... Look at this matchup. Game one was ridiculous. It was. 22 threes out of Houston. Nuts. Completely blew them out of the building. And then, well, what do we do? 
We overreact. <laughs> overreact to what we saw. San Antonio, they looked incredibly old in that game. I asked you, I thought LaMarcus Aldridge was good. What happened to him? He looked dead. I mean, it was everything went poorly. Yeah. They come back then and they look like the Spurs in game right. two. It's been you know, kind of that zigzag back and forth between this series. James Harden hadn't played overly well until game number four. We know Tony Parker is out here. Done. Start with tonight. Okay. We'll, we'll get to the whole series, the rest here. I think it now has a good chance to go seven. Yeah. I, yeah. Re- I really do. And, and I, uh, as basketball fans, we kind of deserve yeah, that, right? We do, yeah, we do after what Because this playoffs has sucked, Look, last night. It, it's been bad. Oh, man. The, the Warriors and Cavaliers are so good mm-hmm. uh, in comparison to the rest of the league. But um, this is compelling this evening. And... Look, I, I like San Antonio again on their home court. I, I really do. I think they have all of a sudden maybe found their groove a little bit again, mm-hmm. and they've got a better idea how to handle some of that three-point barrage that comes when you play Houston. And I know you're not a James Harden fan. Don't and, like what? I, I mean, it's not like that I'm not game. a fan. I, no, I, yeah, I don't, he's a I, good guy. You just don't like his game. I don't like watching him play basketball. Yeah. I don't like the herky-jerky jumping into people. Right. It is not aesthetically pleasing to me. And I agree. It's effective. Right, right. But it is not. Not that he's not a great but player, but. It is, yeah. He's, it's not the, a pleasing The optics style. of it, it's yes. not fun yes. to watch. Okay. So I think later in this game, I think you're going to see fourth quarter, if this game is tight, and I think it will be, I think you're going to see Kawhi Leonard on Harden late in the game. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's going to be the big matchup uh, that'll be so intriguing in that contest tonight. Look, I, I like Houston, I like uh, San Antonio on their home court, and if they go back to Houston, I like Houston back on their home court. And then it's going to come down, I think, to Game 7. And you're right, we do indeed deserve a Game 7 as great basketball fans. Does it come down to just the simplest component for the Rockets? I mean... San Antonio, unless they play a dredge of a game, yes. does it just come down to if they hit, let's put a number on it. How many threes does Houston have to hit at minimum to win tonight on the road? Yes. Is it 15? 18. 18? Yes. They hit 22 in game one. They did. 19 in game four, the yeah. two victories that they have in yeah. this series. 18. 18's the, that's, the number. That's my number. And yep. Can they win it with 50? I mean... Is it just because they shoot so many? They meant, they just, and, and now with the, the injury inside with Nene, they, they, I mean, that, it's that's even, a big factor. I'm glad you referenced that because that dude was playing great. Right, yeah. Terrific rebounder. Mm-hmm. And now is, is Paul Gasol going to kind of have his way? LaMarcus Aldridge sure. going to kind of have his way a little bit here? Mm-hmm. Because Nene is legit 6'10", 6'11", 265 pounds. Right. And he could, you know, beat those guys up underneath the glass. Now he's gone. So with a with a groin injury, and he's not going to be back for the playoffs, he, he hurt it that bad. So he's out for the rest of the playoffs. He was averaging, uh, what, uh, 10 points and five and a half rebounds in 20 minutes a game. That, that's so, it, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So without that, I, I think you're right. You know, I said maybe they could get by hitting 15 threes. They go 15 to 40, something like that. But with no Nene, that number's probably, like you said, 18 plus is what they're going to have to hit. So, you know, it comes down to Lou Williams and Eric Gordon and those kind of guys. And, yeah, they got to be able to shoot Anderson it. Anderson on yeah. the outside. they got to be able to shoot it tonight. Yep. And Harden, has there been a lot of talk about that ankle injury that he sustained no, back in the OKC? No, there hasn't. I'm kind of surprised by that. I thought it would be a bigger storyline for 
the reason he'd played so poorly those first three games. I, I agree, but for some reason it hasn't. Otherwise, you would think that that would have been a heavy topic of conversation. Yeah. But maybe he's come out and said, hey, look, I'm I'm good. Right. I mean, he looked pretty good in the last game. Mm-hmm. So so I, I guess I guess it really hasn't really taken that much out of him. And they won that first game so easily. Yes. And everybody way overreacted. Oh, this this is terrible. The Spurs just got old in front of us. Oh, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. You fell victim to that, too. I I thought for sure. Well, I still have Houston winning the series. Okay. Okay. I haven't I haven't changed off of that. But now, but but I didn't count, of course, for the factor that Nene is now not going to be able to play. Mm-hmm. So that that is a dramatic change. And you just gave his stats: ten points, five boards, and he only plays twenty minutes a game. Right. What if he was playing thirty-eight? Well, you're not playing eight for thirty-eight. No, I know. <laughs> but, the way but, the but you know play. what I'm saying? Look how his stats would 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 increase, and and how important he is as a space eater under the basket. So, I I just I just think now that even though I like San Antonio tonight. Mm-hmm. After watching tonight's game, I may ha- and see how they how Houston plays without Nene in right. the lineup. I may have to hedge my bet then. Well, uh, I took a peek here at the series prices okay. remaining. Whoa, why does that not shock well, me? I mean, you got yeah, yeah. you got to find money where it's at. Remember, I told you, <laughs> you did. I told you in the uh, hockey series that you referenced earlier. Yes, that I jumped on the Capitals yep, when they're down three one. Was good for two, you? No, no, they were down two nothing in the series. Okay, and that's when and you I jumped, jumped on, on at a good price. Yeah, you got to find where the good price is. That's it. If you want to bet the Rockets to win the series right now, you can get them at plus one forty five. Okay, bet a hundred, win one forty five. Uh, bet the Spurs, you got to lay 165 to get your 100 back. So that's the series price there. The other series still going on in the NBA, Wizards-Celtics. Yes. When we've talked about this one, Jim, we both feel that Washington is very much a superior team. Mm-hmm. They let those first two games get they, away from they them. They did get them, yes. But boy, they just look a lot better. Still, now it's down to a three-game series. Two right. of the games will be in Boston. Correct. What do you think the series price is there? Just bet who's going to win the series. Series price. Yep. I gave you the Rockets are plus 145, Spurs minus 165. What uh, do you think it is, Wizards Celts? I'm going to say the Wiz favored 135. Still, the Celtics are favored. Are you serious? Uh, Just min- because of home court? I guess. Minus 140 for the Celtics. You want the Wizards at plus 120. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. We're on radio here live, and, yeah. you're, and you're making a, um, what, what, I don't want to call it a play, which is what it is, but you're, you're doing uh, some work. Yes, yes. Some technical work on your iPhone. I, I see right now that yes. there there is value there. So give me the Wizards <laughs> it's, it's to a, win this series. It's value work. And I'm going to take the plus 120 with that. Surprise. I mean, I thought it might be more of a toss-up, you know, minus 110 on sure. each side. Surprise that the Celtics are still favored just as poorly as they've looked. Now, Isaiah Thomas came out after the game the other day, and... Didn't go to the free throw line. Right. Was very upset. Are we going to see that change in game oh, five yeah. tomorrow? You can count on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. That'll def- definitely take place. They will They will make sure that they hone in. Look, the guy's 5'9". He gets bounced around for everybody. Mm-hmm. Look, you and I can identify. Right. We were playing basketball. We got bounced around by everybody out there. <laughs> so that just happens because of the diminutive size. 
and officials. Look, this is a man's game. Mm-hmm. You watch the NBA, and they have taken a lot of the rough stuff out of it. You're right. They right. really have. They've cleared the lanes like college basketball has done. Mm-hmm. It's much freer to operate down the lanes now, but it's still a man's game. And I, as much as I love watching Isaiah Thomas play, he's just a little guy out there. Mm-hmm. And he's a terrific player. He is freaking Mighty Mouse. He is. But he's still just going to get bounced around just from the sheer size of bodies. Right. And you can't call a foul on a guy who is 6'8 and 260 just because Isaiah happens to bounce off of him. Mm-hmm. You just can't do that. But he gets a lot of calls. He does. And he didn't get those calls in Game 4. And that is correct. And we'll see how the refs bounce back in that one. Uh, hockey tonight. Yes. Ottawa Rangers. that do anything for you? I guess because it's a closeout opportunity for Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I will probably, when I'm relaxing at a refreshment stand. I'll You'll pro- keep an eye on I'll it. I'll keep an eye on it. Sure. I will. Uh, look, you know that the NHL is just praying that they get the Rangers here. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, they yeah. they, they want a big market team in, right? And they got Nashville right now. Mm-hmm. And what what's the worst case scenario? Nash- I mean, is uh, is it Nashville or is it Edmonton? Especially, I mean, let's say it's Ottawa because well, that's the worst case scenario of the East. It is. I think if it was all Canadian, if it was Edmonton, Ottawa. I think that's their worst-case yeah. scenario. I if think it, they'd it, even rather have Nashville yes, over Ottawa or, yeah. in the West. Yeah, which and is, if they had Nashville... It's so crazy to say. Is. I mean, I the Oilers, for, for a kid of the 80s like me, yeah. I mean, the Oilers were such a big thing back then. It's a nationally known... But it's a Canadian team. Right, it's right. It's a Canadian team, and it's it's not a big-market Canadian team like Toronto. No, 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 no. You know, it's... No. It's a nice-sized city. Right. Bigger than Des Moines. But... But... It's, but yes, yeah. but it's not yeah. Toronto, it's not Montreal, and it's not Vancouver. hmm And Ottawa's the same way. Ottawa's beautiful city. Yes. And it has nice population size, mm-hmm. but it doesn't compare to Toronto or Montreal. Absolutely. It, it just doesn't for that. And if you're a hockey fan in the States, I mean, you've got to be a hardcore hockey fan mm-hmm. if you're going to watch Ottawa Edmonton. Right. So you're going to watch then for players like Connor McDavid at at uh, Edmonton who's just been an absolute star uh since coming into the league. Um, you 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 got to have in the United States you got to have some salesmanship. Okay, would it be interest you if it was coast to coast? If it's Anaheim and the New York Rangers. No, nah, Anaheim still doesn't, Anaheim 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 doesn't, doesn't do no. it for you, does it? No. Yeah. I, L.A. Kings might have sure, lit, sure. You, lit you up a little bit. Right, more. but yeah, Anaheim doesn't it's do Anaheim. it. It's Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah, the, the hockey for me hasn't worked out this year. Sometimes I love it. Yes. This year, this year excuse me, just uh, hasn't worked out you incredibly you got to watch, well. though. The game seven of Caps uh, Caps Penguins. You know, you I know, to. I know you are uh, a big game seven of anything. I am. It could be swimming. I would yeah. watch. It could be tiddlywinks. I, I would still, watch. I have to have some kind of pull. It's game seven. I'll probably flip it on, but I'm not as. They're, and they're back to back tomorrow night. Yeah, which you know that's good, but. Unless they're compelling games, you know, unless it's tight in the third period, then I'll probably get into it then. But outside of that, I'm not sitting and I'm not going to check off six hours tomorrow night for two games. No, I understand Because they're still, 
it's hockey. I'm not a huge hockey fan. I got and, it. And coupled with yep. teams that I just don't have a whole lot of interest okay. in overall. So, but you would are you would you be more inclined to sample Pittsburgh Washington than the other game? Actually, not. I've been I've been entertained, and maybe it's because of the timing of it. Okay, just the timing. It's late at night. There's not as much on the Western Conference. I, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I. That was a Friday night when uh, when Edmonton had the three nothing lead. Yes, and then Anaheim scores and wins the game. What six to three? They put three goals in in the last couple minutes, including the uh, the tie, the one that tied it up, put it in overtime. What was that with like fifteen seconds Something left? Like it, it was. I watched the third period of that. I had Edmonton, and I'm oh, yeah, start counting the money. All right, this is great. <laughs> three one, we're fine. Yeah, three two. What the hell's going on? <laughs> three three. Start swearing. <laughs> Two overtimes, swear even more. You never count that money until That's it's it. final, Jimmy B. That's it. Till the horn uh, sounds. I learned that lesson once again with that one. So that's the hockey. Uh, baseball, we talked about the Cubs a little right. bit. Yep. We'll see what the weather does with that you one. You got any interest in St. Louis and Miami? Yeah, watched uh, Carlos Martinez last night. He looked pretty good. He was solid. He uh, got his second victory of the mm-hmm. year. Uh, we talked about that last week. He cut off the dreads yeah. before his uh, last start, and he came out there one, one again with the dreads cut off. Yeah, you got to make change. You got to make change your underwear. Uh, cut your hair. Shave your mustache. Do something. You know, the Cardinals are playing well. Like we talked about last week with Wayne Wright, still just trying to figure out what is going on with him. So, yeah, I'll take a peek at that. I just want to see Wayne Wright. He has been so bad. He has. ERA well over six uh, against Milwaukee last week. Only went five. Gave up ten hits, four earned in that one. Game before for Earn, he's he's been bad. Yeah, it's as simple as that. So yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on that one. This Cardinals team though is playing some good baseball, so I'll be watching that tonight. I'll be watching my Twins. They got the White Sox of a pretty decent series, believe it or not. Yes. You would have thought that. I, yeah, that we'd be talking about the White Sox and Twins, a compelling series here in uh, the middle of May, but that is the case as that one starts up. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, what else tonight in baseball? Uh, oh, Kansas what? City can't you, watch that. No, I can't watch KC. Yankees Reds, yeah, not yes, bad. Not, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, Yankees, and, uh, Yankees won again last night. And as as you know, I'm want to do. I'll be flipping on the uh, the Brew Crew. Yes, Brian Anderson. I know he's your boy. You have a man crush. On I him. do. I do. He's my favorite broadcaster okay. probably today. All right. And uh, so I'll flip that on. Always do get over to Fox Sports Milwaukee. They're playing the Red Sox too. So always good to keep an eye on one of those big national teams. So. I'll be watching that one a little bit. So some baseball, a little basketball. Uh-huh. But before I get to that, Jimmy B, I got something else going on tonight. Oh. Yeah. Pray tell, what is it? Uh, the beginning of volleyball season. Sand volleyball starts up tonight. I love sand yeah, volleyball. Yeah, yeah. So what, you, are you going to be a replacement? If we need a sub, will Jimmy B come out on the court? <laughs> Can you still move around on the, the sand volleyball court? Oh, heck courts? yes. I'm not that bad yet. I'll set you up. It'll be a little Top Gun action. <laughs> We'll take our shirts off. We'll get glistening in the sun. Oh, we'd be glistening, all right. <laughs> Nobody wants to see no, me with my don't. shirt off. Oh, God, that, that's, that's it's co-ed. You can't be knocking the ladies oh, out of the way either. Do yeah, yeah. Don't okay. be doing that, Jimmy B. All right. I'm sure you're probably a terror on the court. I I would say that I would be competitive. So, uh, one of my favorite things to do. I love playing volleyball. I was uh, always disappointed. We didn't have well in the state of Iowa. There is no boys volleyball. Okay, there it's just a a sponsored girls sport, and uh, we had a couple of girls in middle school that played football. Okay, uh, two girls a year ahead of me, and then one girl in in my age, and they played 
the two older girls played both seventh and eighth grade. Okay. And then the girl in my grade played seventh, eighth, and ninth grade of uh, football. And, you know, there's girls that wrestle. Yeah, sure. You know, that was a, a yep. big story nationally here a few years ago with Megan Black. And, I remember that. And her making it down to the state tournament. And we've seen some more girls that have qualified for the state tournament. But I made the argument with our volleyball coach, who is also our high school PE teacher. I said, well, why can't I play volleyball then? <laughs> well, first she laughed and said, Trent, you want to put on those shorts? Yeah. Said, no, no, don't want to do that. But I love playing volleyball. Yeah, it's fun. And anytime I go on vacation somewhere warm, somewhere on the beach, and you, there's you a volleyball. You go try to get I, into a yeah, game? I, yeah, I just, I enjoy the sport so much. It's now, so much Now, do you fun. like beach volleyball, where it's just the two players, or are you playing just regular volleyball in the sand? Both, both. Okay. Back uh, right after college, when I moved to Des Moines, I played uh, in a couple of guys' leagues. We played fours. Yeah. I was always the setter, obviously. Uh, yes. Uh, backcourt player. In fact, uh, in high school, I, I went a couple practices and served. I had a solid jump serve. Good. So a coach brought me in and said, hey, we're uh, playing a team coming up that has a girl that can jump serve really well. Can you come in and hit a few balls now, for see, 15 now, minutes? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So after cross-country yeah. practice, I went okay. in there and did that. I just love the sport. And uh, it's one of those sports I would love to see the state sponsor Boys, volleyball. I think that'd be great. Right. But, you know, you run into, especially smaller towns, right. just the sheer numbers of sports, it's difficult. Yeah, they can only do so much. Right, right. But, you know, at the 4A level in the CIML, yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be cool to see. I think, and I think there'd be a lot of participants as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see, and, and watching collegiate level volleyball. That's that's big time. Oh man! Listen, my favorite player was Karch Karai. Of course, okay. And it's the only guy I know. So, oh, it is oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that dude, I don't know how many Olympic medals he won, right? But he had to win at least two, maybe three. Mm-hmm. And he was unbelievable. That's one of the sports. I mean, we both love the beach volleyball yeah, when it comes we, to yeah. Olympics. Cause, yeah, uh, I called beach volleyball. Yeah. I love doing that. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good gig when you get that did one. Did I show you some of those highlights? With yeah, the, yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's always a good one. But well, I'll, That's a tough job for an announcer. Yeah, yeah. But watching the guys and their athleticism they, and it's, just how hard they hit it, and, and people, it's ridiculous. People don't realize that... that those types of players. Now we see the women beach volleyball, and it's it gets a great exposure mm-hmm. uh, in the Olympics, and the same for the guys in the Olympics. Right. You're talking about superbly tuned athletes. Mm-hmm. These just aren't beer beer drinking guys that are out there slugging it away and then heading to the uh, closest uh, brewery to throw down ten. <laughs> right. Okay. These guys. I mean, they're in it to win it. Fiercely, fiercely competitive. And they will blow your chops right off if you're yes. going to get your face in the way of that one. So that's what I got before okay. we get to the sports like tonight, Jimmy okay. B. Should be uh, a lot of fun, absolutely. That will do it for the show today. Thanks to everybody for listening in. Oh, just a minute. I know we got to go, yeah. but quickly. Remember yesterday I told you about the Cubs and about how it was the cold weather? I said it needed to be warm. Mm-hmm. Guy last night, refreshment stand, agreed. <laughs> He must have been deep in the seven and seven. He was well. he was toasted. <laughs> We're done. Ba- back at it tomorrow at noon. Thanks everybody for listening in. Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker seventeen hundred. Pregnant? Thinking of getting pregnant? Innova Loudon Hospital's expansion allows us to offer you bundles of childbirth options close to home. Surround yourself in comfort and calm in our new spa-like labor and delivery suites. And our new and enhanced NICU offers you peace of mind if your newborn needs special attention. We'll coddle you and your baby with exceptional care. 
Learn more at anova.org slash newbeginnings.